If you've been with us last week, we're in the middle of a series called Unshakable. And when I first heard Unshakable, I was like, dude, I want to be unshakable. And in the midst of this tumultuous time, the tough days with our economy and our world, who doesn't want to be unshakable? And so if you're with us last week, we talked about having an unshakable identity in Christ. You know, if you didn't, if you missed it, you're going to get a DVD, a message in the back, you're going to listen to it. It was absolutely incredible. Next week, we're talking about having an unshakable future. No matter what happens, we're going to be okay. But today, we're talking about having an unshakable network, an unshakable community. No matter what happens, we have people that are a support system that love us and help us through it. And so you think about getting connected, having an unshakable network. And so Americans, we go to all lengths, go from all lengths to get connected. And I just want to tell you about two quick stories for me. The first one was back in college. And so I was uh, on the floor with a bunch of guys. We were in the dorm room, and homecoming week was coming up. And so all my buddies are sitting around talking, and they're like, hey, Ryan, uh, homecoming's coming. Let's, uh, let's, let's coach powder puff football this year. And I was like, dude, you don't want to coach the girls. It's not going to be fun. They're terrible. They don't know what they're doing. If you, if you don't know, powder puff football is when uh, the girls play football. The guys are the coaches. Guys are the cheerleaders. And so during our homecoming week, all the guys would get involved and the girls would play and everybody would come out for the games and we'd all watch them. And it was totally fun, but you just don't want to be the coach. And I was like, guys, they're terrible. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to play sports as well as guys. You know, let's just leave them alone, especially football. And so the guys are like, it's a great way to meet chicks, though, Ryan. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, nah, I'm out. And so I stay in my dorm room one, one afternoon when they, very, when they start practice. And so I'm alone in my dorm room. All my buddies are across the field. They're blowing their whistles. They're teaching the girls to play. And I'm playing 007, James Bond, on the Nintendo 64. Okay? And I'm playing it all by myself. And I'm like, this absolutely stinks. I don't want to be alone. And so... I shut off the game, throw the controller down. I go out, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to help coach. And they're like, perfect. You played high school football. You're the offensive coordinator. I'm like, oh, gosh. They're not going to know how to run plays or what to do or what a route is or anything. And so these girls were hilarious, okay? So all they would do is attack the ball. And so it would be between plays. You know how you set the ball down on the line of scrimmage? The girls would go pick it up and run the wrong way to the end zone. And they're, like, celebrating and cheering. And you're like, you didn't even score, you know? It's not even your turn. And so... There was this one girl who we nicknamed her Bruiser, okay? Bruiser, not kidding you. She would go up and she, she just had this like rage going on inside of her. She would attack girls, leave big, huge bruises. She made one girl cut her arm open. She's bleeding, just tackling them to the ground. I mean, it was powder puff. You're supposed to take it easy. There was flags. This girl was vicious. All out, full bore football, okay? But then there was this little wide receiver, and she was cute, she was small, she didn't know what she was doing. She would just run as fast as she could, and she'd try to catch the ball, and she had bricks for hands, and it would, it would a lot of times just fall to the ground. But one time, in the middle of a game, we made it to the championship, she caught a touchdown pass. So we lost, but she was all excited. And this girl needed a little help, and so I'd stay after practice, I'd teach her about the game of football, and I'd throw the ball as she ran her little routes, and eventually fell in love with this girl. She became my wife, okay? So honest to goodness, this is how I met my bride, on the Powder Puff football team, okay? And so I remember this. On our wedding day, I'm standing up in front of the church, and she's walking down the aisle, and I had this little thought. I was like, man, if I would have stayed in my room playing 007 on Nintendo 64, I would have missed my future. I would have missed the bride, the girl of my dreams. You know, but why did I do that? Because I just wanted to get connected. I wanted to be in community. I didn't want to be alone in my dorm room. But it doesn't always work out that well. Community doesn't. You don't always meet the girl of your dreams, you don't always have this super connected time where you're like, oh, I wouldn't change it for the world. Go back to high school for me. So I played on the high school football team, and football season was over. And all my buddies are sitting around, they're like, 
dude, right, let's, let's, let's wrestle. I'm like, guys, you don't want to wrestle. Trust me. They're like, no, wrestling will be perfect. We'll stay in shape. It'll be fun. We'll all be together. Instead of going home you know, after school and drinking Coke and eating Doritos, we'll do something active. You know, we're going to be ready for next year's football season. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And they're like, no, you got to do it. And so I was like, fine. I gave in to the temptation, so I joined the wrestling team with all these guys. This is in high school. I've never wrestled before. I don't have a clue as to what I'm doing. So the first month goes pretty well. You know, we're running around outside. We're staying in shape. We hit the weight room. Life is good. You wrestle a little bit on the mats, but you know, it's nothing serious. And then all of a sudden, one week, they're like, here's your uniform. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They wear these uniforms where, if you're a wrestler, sorry, but it, it cuts off like right here. There's big gaping holes on both sides. And you're like, I have to wear that in front of our friends? You know? And so and they, they show up at your meets, and they're all cheering and going crazy. And maybe this is not true of all wrestlers, but the wrestlers I interacted with, they always had these three character west- characteristics. They were always sweaty. Okay, every time I wrestled them, they were always smelly. Okay, and they were like intense. And they're like throwing you down. And I'm, I'm a clean guy. I take two showers a day, one in the morning, one at night. And these guys, I swear, I don't feel like they showered for like months. You know, we get out there and you'd be like, oh man, I give up. You know, and so I never, I never won one wrestling match. I got smoked every single time. I just wasn't big or tough enough or something. And so it just wasn't working out. And I remember thinking halfway through the season, I was like, do I quit wrestling? Do I be a quitter? Or do I stick it out and lose every match? And so I stuck it out. I, left, I lost every single match. But why did I join the wrestling team? Because I didn't want to be alone. I wanted to be in community. And we, as a group of people, we go to all lengths to be in community. We go to the gym. People love us. They're like, oh, you're doing great. You're huge. Your muscles are ripped. You know, some people find the community at work. That's why they work insane amount of hours. Some people find it at the country club. Some people find it by being a football fan or showing up at this bar. You know, and we, we search for community all over the place. We'll go to any length to go find it. If you were to take a counselor and say, hey, what is what the greatest need that you see time and time again? They say it's a need to be known. You know, everybody wants to be known and loved and cared for and their needs met. And one of the things that we do is we, we join Facebook or Twitter. Okay? If you don't know what it is, ask someone a little bit younger than you. <laughs> they probably know what it is. But what Facebook is, is it's a social networking site. And so you go to it to get connected. That's the whole principle. There's tens, thousands, millions of subscribers, and it's just insane. And so you sign up, you put in your name, where you went to high school, what your interests, all that stuff, and all of a sudden, people from grade school, I'm not even kidding, grade school, are bleeping up. They're like, hey, I want to be your friend. How are you? Do you remember when we did this? And you're like, grade school, really? You know, and, and the whole point is getting connected. The other night, Clarissa and I were watching American Idol. I was like, I have so many people that wrote it right on my wall or write me uh, in my inbox on Facebook. I was like, I just want to respond to them. And so I took two hours during American Idol. Do we have any American Idol watchers? We got a few. Go Danny. But, um, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, I'm responding to this. Two hours later, I'm only, I've only responded to about half of the messages that I have. And I was like, Clarissa, this is insane. You're, they, they build these sites to get connected, but I feel so disconnected. I could hang out in my house all day long Work, you know, being on Facebook and Twitter and theoretically be connected to the world but be so disconnected from human beings. You know, it's ridiculous. And there's this study that they did. They've been studying what happens to people when they do uh, Facebook, Twitter, these social networking sites. And so I do them. But here's what they said. They say that it, it shortens your attention span. Okay? When you do Facebook, it shortens your attention span, causes you to have instant gratification, and makes you even more self-centered. Okay? More self-centered, 
shorter attention span and instant gratification. They've done studies. This is what's happening to people who are on these. I'm on them all the time. So I was like, why would we want to sign up for that? You know, sign my life away. I want to be more self-centered. You know, I think we need to learn to have real relationships before we have these social networks that really don't help us to get connected to one another. So the question is, why is community so important? Do we really need it in our lives? Is community really going to make a difference for you and for me? And it starts way back with Jesus, you know? And, and, and God, even before that. God, he says that he made the heavens and the earth in a few days. It's a, the click of his hands, and he's just like, whew, he created it all into existence. And it says six times that God looked at what he had done, and he said, man, this is good. This is right. This is exactly how I intended it to be. You know, and then all of a sudden, on the sixth day, God makes mankind. Okay? He snaps his fingers. Adam is there. And he looks at Adam, and he's like, man, this is good, but it's missing something. There's something I didn't get right. And it's Genesis 2.18. Here's what God has to say. Here's himself. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. Okay? It is not good for man to be alone. So God creates Adam, and he looks at him, he's like, man, it's not good. It's not good that he's alone. And many of us have heard that in wedding ceremonies all across the, across the country. We're like, man, Adam needs a spouse. He needs Eve. But there's further implications for that. It goes way beyond our marriage relationships. We were created to be in community, to not be alone, to be with other people. And if you take it one step further, this is the most, the craziest part, is that Adam, between Adam and God, there was no sin. Sin has yet to enter the world. Okay, so every word that God speaks, Adam hears. Every word that Adam speaks, God hears. They are in perfect community together. God and Adam are. Adam is known and loved by his creator. And yet God looks at him and says, hey, it's not good for this man to be alone. And oftentimes in the Christian community, you know, when someone's like, man, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling alone, people are always like, oh, did you spend your time with Jesus? You know, if you're spending time with him, you're going to be full and you won't need anything. And yes, every single one of us that's sitting in this room, we have a a void inside of us for God. We have to figure out the God piece in our lives or we're never going to be satisfied and full. But... Every person in this creation, every person on this planet, we also have a human part of us that we need human connection. We need human community. We need to not be alone. And so if we're going to be satisfied and full individuals, we have to fill the God piece and we have to fill the community piece, the other people piece, or we're never going to make it. It doesn't matter if you're the most social butterfly ever or if you're the biggest recluse. It doesn't matter if your idea of vacation is going to Greenland for two weeks all by yourself and not interacting with a soul, or if you can't make it to the restroom alone. Okay? Every one of us are designed for community. We're to fill that peace, you know, with other people, you know, or else we're never going to have satisfied, full lives. And so there's two things I want to talk about this morning that we have to do if we're going to get this community, K2. Two things that we have to do if we're going to have an unshakable network. And here's the first one we have to realize that our resources are not meant for us alone. Okay? If, you've got, if you've got your pens, your paper, write this one down. Our resources are not meant for us alone. And let me explain it. Whatever God has entrusted with you, okay, if that's finances or gifts or talents or abilities, it's not meant for you alone to enjoy and have a great life. It's meant for all of us to, to contribute our part and to make it a body, you know, to, that we could be the body of Christ and we could live it out so that other people can, can have a better experience here on this planet. We all would say, most of us would say, that, hey, when I read the scriptures, it talks about loving God and loving people. You know? And we would say, yeah, I agree with that. You, you love God and you love people. 
but as it computes, as it actually you know, comes out of our life, we, we, we tend to be good at the God piece, loving God, but we're not as good with the people piece. We're like, you know what? I'm busy. I don't have time. Somebody else will take care of it. What about my needs? You know, who's going to meet those for me? That's one of the questions that we often ask. But you know, God says, hey, it's not about you as an individual. It's about everybody as a community saying, hey, we've got to love God and we've got to love the people that he brings into our lives. Reminds me of a story from Scripture. It's about a little boy. We don't know much about this little boy, but we know about little boys in general. And so if I were to ask you and say, hey, tell me about little boys, you, we'd probably all say the same things. Little boys are wild and crazy, right? They're dirty. They love to throw and to catch and to harass their little sister and to pick on stuff. And every little boy, it doesn't matter what continent you're on, knows one word. What, what's that word? Mine, right? They know mine or my, because there's a limited supply for these boys. There's a limited supply of toys and cookies and balls and their parents' attention. And so whatever's theirs, they're going to grab it and they're going to hold on to it with all their life because every boy knows the word mine. Well, this little boy in scripture somehow ends up with two fish and five loaves of bread in the midst of 5,000 people without a drop in the bucket to eat. Okay, so there's 5,000 people that have been listening to Jesus all day long, hanging on his every word, and they've totally forgotten about food, and all of a sudden, Jesus is hearing their tummies growl, and he's like, uh-oh, we have a problem. These people are hungry. And this little boy is the only person out of 5,000 with any amount of food. And so Jesus looks at his disciples, and he's like, all right, guys, it's dinner time. What are we going to do? One of the disciples looks at Jesus, he's like, uh, he pulls out his pocket, or his uh, watch calculator, He's like, Jesus, it would take two months' wages to feed all these dudes. You know? He's like, there's no way. Let's just send them off. Let's send them to go get something to eat. Another guy's like, I got an idea, Jesus. He's kind of snickering and mocking. He's like, see that little boy over there? That little boy has two fish and five loaves of bread. Let's let that feed the people. You know, let's see what difference that'll make. And so we don't know what happened. We don't know if that boy overheard the conversation or if he was picking up on what was going on. And maybe this little boy thought to himself, all right, so they're going to take my five loaves of bread and my two fish that I worked hard for. I went fishing this morning, or maybe his mom packed his lunch. Who knows? They're going to take it from him. So maybe the little boy is thinking, I could make a run for it. He's looking around. He's like, I'm faster than Jesus. I'm faster than these guys. I'm going to make a run for it. Or maybe he thought, I could eat this food really fast, and then nobody will get it, but I'll be satisfied and full, right? Or maybe he's thinking, I could bury it you know, in the sand, and nobody will know. I'll, they'll come over, and I'll just pretend like I don't know what happened. Or maybe this was the thought of the little boy. He looks over at Jesus and he's like, man, I've heard about this Jesus. He's a person that's turned water into wine. And he's a person that's healed people all the time everywhere he's went. He's a person that's raised people from the dead. Maybe he could do something with my limited supply. Maybe he could take these two fish and these five loaves of bread and make something extraordinary out of it. And so we don't know exactly what happened, but we pick up the story in John 6. And so this is what happens next. It says, then Jesus took the bread. So somehow Jesus gets his hands on this bread. Having given thanks, he gave it to those who were seated. He did the same with the fish. All ate as much as they wanted. So somehow Jesus gets it and he starts handing it out. Hands out the fish, hands out the bread, and people ate until they were full. The very next verse says, When the people had eaten to their fill, he said to the disciples, Gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. They went, they went to work and filled 12 large baskets with leftovers from the five barley loaves. And so then, everybody's eating until they're satisfied, and they have all these leftovers, 12 baskets full. And so I just started thinking, man, 
This little boy could have said, my fish, my bread, mine. I'm going to be full. I'm going to be satisfied. But the rest of the people, that they can take care of themselves, right? You know, they're adults. They're responsible. You know, strap on your bootstraps and do what you need to do so you can eat people. Or this, this kid could have said, man, I'm going to give my fish, my loaves to an unlimited God. And we're going to see what he can do. And so what if, K2, what if every person that attends this place, all 1,200 of us said, all right, I have a little bit of time, a little bit of resource, a little bit of this ability. I'm going to give it you know, to an unlimited God and we're going to see what he does. I think that something absolutely incredible would happen in this place and in this valley. Again, it's not up just to the staff you know, of K2, but it's up to every one of us to say, hey, I'm willing to do my part because our resources are not meant for us alone to enjoy and have a great life. It's meant to share and to be in community, to meet each other's needs. And some of us here this morning, we don't have anything to give. We're at the end of our rope. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe you're about to lose your house. Maybe you can't feed your family. You know, my thought for you is maybe you just need to be willing to receive it this time. Just say, hey, (laughs) I can't do this alone. Maybe for your whole life you've been a contributor. You know, and now you're saying, these days are hard. You know, I need some extra help. And my hope would be is that we could be a place where we do that together. And it's not that we have to do that. You know, it's not like, oh man, that person's losing their house. I have to help them. But it's that we get to do this together. We would embody the Acts 2 church. So one of your homework assignments could be this. Go home, flip your Bible open three quarters of the way through. Usually hit Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Those are the Gospels all about Jesus. The very next book is the book of Acts. You read Acts chapter 2. It talks about the early church. Okay, what happened as soon as Jesus left? Absolutely incredible. And they just shared with one another. They're in community and they cared for each other. Galatians 6.10 says it like this. Here's what Paul had to say. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued in doing good. Okay, do we have it on the screen? So let's not get tired in doing the right thing, he says. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. So a good crop is coming as long as we don't quit. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. He's saying, hey, let's do all we can for the benefit of all, but let's start right here. Let's start with our home. Let's start with the people that we know and that we love, and let's take care of them. And so, guys, K2 is doing some incredible things during these tumultuous days. We're starting a food pantry right down the hall that if you can't feed your family... We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make it possible for you to get some food. We're not going to beat you up or make you feel guilty or make you feel like an idiot. We're just going to provide it. You know? Or if you have a neighbor that can't feed, their, <laughs> can't feed their kids, the same thing. And so we're doing this other awesome opportunity. And so I just want to invite Eric Winter up to share with you guys. So would you guys give it up for Eric? Like Ryan was saying, you know, right now I think we're in times that are really unlike any others. Uh, where we have an opportunity um, as K2 and as just as a church body uh, to, to respond uh, to what's going on in our uh, community, in the economy, um, in a way that we may never have had an opportunity to do before. And so uh, next week, we're going to be kicking off a, uh, a ministry called K2 Acts. And uh, the name obviously you know, refers back to the Acts 2 church, but also that we as K2 want to take action. And so we as a church are going to, which means that you each will have an opportunity. But this week, I wanted to come up and just share with you a little bit about what, what's it going to look like and ask you just to take this week to consider some things uh, between yourself, within your family, and with God. 
And that is this, is that we want to, um, we have a team that's going to collect uh, resources. And the resources can be a variety of things. Um, it could be financial. Uh, it could be food. Uh, you may have a car that you aren't using that, that somebody could borrow for a while. You may have a room in your home that somebody may be able to come and stay uh, in that uh, room for a while. Um, you may uh, be a, a budget counselor. You may be able to offer uh, services in putting together a resume and, and, and teaching people skills for uh, interviewing. It doesn't matter what it is, but God has gifted us all. Some of us, he's given us physical resources. Others, he's given us talents. And what we want to do is take an opportunity to say, let's pull those together. And then those who have need can come to us and we can say, okay, here's your need. Well, let's match it up with the resource that we have and see how we can respond um, in these times to those folks that we have right here within our own family and hopefully even beyond that uh, to the community. So this week, if you're one of those ones that have uh, some skills, talents, resources, I'd love to ask you just to sit uh, together and, and with yourself, with your family, with God, and go, what is it that I have that maybe you're calling me to share uh, for the good of the greater community? Uh, now, if you're one that finds yourself maybe on the other side right now, and maybe you were one like Ryan said, that used to be the one that was giving all the time, and, and, and you've lost your job, or circumstances have just come uh, about that just have made it a much more difficult time for you, um, I just want you to know from, from my heart and as, as a staff and as a church, um, we do not want you to feel um, guilty, uh, uncomfortable, or anything coming and making that need known to us, okay? Uh, this is part of what we're here to be about. Is we are a family, um, and so we hope that we will be able to create a, uh, an environment that will allow you to be able to come to us and understand that we are not going to pass judgment, but we're here to say, how can we come alongside of you? And so if you're in that situation, then again, next week you're going to hear about um, a website we're going to set up that for you to, to uh, uh, let us know about your resources or your need, and then a group will be uh, working to kind of collect those and see how we can respond. So if you will join me this week in uh, taking a look at that and uh, considering that, and then tune in next week, we'll give you all more of the details. All right? That's awesome. Thanks, man. So, guys, we can all do a part. Uh, Chris Hewitz, he's the director of Word Made Flesh. Uh, one of those things, if you want to write that down, Google it. Really cool guy. But here's, what, here's one of his quotes. He says, it's not about what you hold. Okay, It's not about what you hold. It's how you hold it. Okay, I love that because let's, let's just say your family has, has two drivers and three cars. Somebody in our family, somebody in K2, gets a car repossessed because they can't make their payment. And they need a car to take their kids around to school and to go to work. Can we just say for, hey... You can borrow my car for a month. You know what? God's been good to me. You have an extra couch, you know, sitting in your basement collecting dust. And somebody says, hey, I don't have any furniture to sit on for my family. Say, hey, this couch is yours. I'll deliver it to you with a smile. You know, it's not in what you hold. It's in how you hold it. And this last year for me, guys, it's been a tough year. We, we had our first child. She's been in and out of the hospital a couple of different times. My car died. My, li- my wife lost her job. And some of our friends have just come alongside us and said, hey, we just want to love and encourage you. They've showed up at our house and brought us a meal, or they've showed up at our house and said, hey, you guys go on a date. I know you need it. One of our friends said, hey, take our car for a short time. You know, your car died. You know, until you figure out the car thing, it's yours. No questions asked. And man, if we could do that together, K2, every one of us, I think it would draw us closer and closer together. And man, if that has not been your experience here, I just want to say right now, I am so, so sorry. And that's not the way it was intended. And hopefully this year will be different you know, for you. So if we're going to have an unshakable network, the very first thing that we have to realize is that our resources are not meant for us alone. 
They are not in any way just for us to enjoy. The second thing, if we're going to have an unshakable network, is we have to know that we are not in here, in this life, alone. You are not alone. As you read throughout the scriptures, you see time and time again that Jesus and Paul talked about the body of Christ, okay? the church, the people. Another word to describe that, a metaphor, would be the family, okay? the family of Christ. And for many of us, when we think of church, we think of a business, right? We think of the lead guy, Dave Nelson, is our CEO. The rest of the staff is the upper management. Getting new people in is the sales and the marketing. And the people that sit you know, in the, in the crowd, we're the clientele. We sit back and we evaluate, oh, he's on today, he's off today. That video was good, but you could have done that. You're, the children's ministry isn't doing it for me. You know, that's how we view it. We view it as a business model. This is not the way it was intended. It was meant to be a family. You know, we're together, we're in this. And for some of us, uh, when we think of family, we were like, oh, I hope the church doesn't look like my family. You know, we're, we're used to dysfunctional families. You know, places where, where people are selfish and individualistic and independent all by themselves say, hey, I can take care of this, and detached and disconnected. That's not the way it was intended either. You know, if you read the Acts 2 church, they met each other's needs. They were in community together. They knew what was going on with one another, and they loved each other. You know, it was absolutely incredible. And sure, their conditions were different. They didn't have cell phones, or they didn't text message, or have 401ks, or they didn't live as far as we do apart. But man, they found a way to get it done. And that is my hope for every person here today. So we say, hey, we're going to do our part. Dr. Gilbert Bilzekian, he's a, they say he's a modern-day prophet, He's a pastor. He was a teacher, an amazing guy. But here's what he has to say. He says, the passion for community is contagious. Can we have it on the screen? Community is contagious, the passion for it. Our innate need for community is so intense that once a spark of interest is ignited and a glimpse of God's dream for community is captured, a burning passion for community can spread like wildfire. He's saying that once we get a hint of what God intended for community, you better watch out because this can be like a wildfire roaring through the forest. You know, amazing things are going to happen. And for many of us, guys, church is an event. You know, just like we go to the movies this afternoon, you know, that's what church is. We go, we show up, we sit through, and we go home. It was not meant to be that way. It was meant to be a family where, you know, what happens in a family? Dad's struggling at work with his boss, and what do you do? You ask him about it as soon as he comes home. You know, and you pray for him when he's at work, and you drop a note in his bag and say, hey, I hope it goes well today. I got your back, no matter how bad it gets. Or your sister, she's struggling with algebra and she's having boy problems. What do you do? You take the girl out for ice cream, you know, and you, and you, and you get her a tutor, you help her with her algebra. You say, hey, we're in this together. You're not alone in this. You know, our brother gets this dream job, okay, the job that he's been wanting for his whole life. And what do you do? You go and you celebrate. You grab a bottle of wine, you go out to dinner and say, hey, let's just celebrate the good things that are going on in your life because you're a family. Your mom's trying to lose weight and it just isn't happening, right? And so what do you do? You go to the gym with her. You say, hey, I'm going to show you the exercises that are working for me. And she tries to be a healthy cook and so you say, hey, I'll join you. I'll help you to cook. That's what a family does. We spend time together. We get to know each other. We're, we're involved, you know? And so one of the questions would be, man, so if, if my little girl, okay, she's one years old or not, not quite a year yet, if she were to get cancer, Okay, heaven forbid, she gets cancer. What am I going to do? And let's just pretend I don't have the resources to take care of her. I can't pay for the bills. I can't meet her needs. I'm going to get so creative, right? 
I'm going to do everything within my power to get this girl the care that she needs. I'm going to talk to all the doctors I know. I'm going to have people praying all across the city. I'm going to put a little fundraiser at the gas station where they see your picture and they're like, man, I want to help contribute and make this right. Because we get creative because we, we care. What happens oftentimes in the churches is we just don't care. You know, one of our friend's daughters gets pregnant and we're like, yeah, I saw that coming. You know, seriously, that's what we do. You know, because we don't care. It's not saying, hey, let's get this girl in community and make sure she has the baby and make sure she gets educated or goes to the right family. Where it's like, oh, somebody else will take care of that. That's not my problem. And it just is unbelievable. We say, we're too busy. I don't have enough time for that. I don't have enough time to be involved or to really, you know, invest there. I, I got all this other stuff going on. James 2 says it like this, says it better than I can. James 2, verse 14. He says, Dear friends, do you think you'll get anywhere in this life if you learn all the right words but never do anything? So you know all the right words to say, but you don't do a darn thing. Does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come up on an old friend dressed in rags and half-starved and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Okay, that last part is unbelievable. That God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense. Another way to say it would be faith without works, without doing something, is dead. It's nothing. It's meaningless. Why is it, guys, that we call each other a family, we say we're the body, but we barely know each other. We don't know what's going on with the people sitting beside us. That's not the way that it was intended to be. Not at all. And so, man, my hope is that this year we could turn the corner in this. We could engage in community. Every person that walks through the doors of K2 would feel, you know what? I'm loved. I'm cared for. My needs are met. And again, it's not just up to the staff at K2. It's up to every single person. You know, to say, I'm going to do my part. What way can I contribute? And we do it. So what if, what if you said, I'm going to take care of the people that, that come into my life. You know, I'm, going to, I'm going to meet the needs of everybody that I know that I can. You know, what if you said, hey, I'm going to be willing to receive during these tough days when I can't make it. So I'm going to make, the body, make it known to the body what's really going on with me. Guys, there are people in our family, not just out in the valley, but in our family, in K2, that will not be able to turn on their heat this week you know, as it gets cold because they don't have funds to pay their electric bill. You know, and I just think, man, if we could do something about that, you know, if I could say, all right, I'm not going to go on a date night tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of this person's electric bill. What an incredible opportunity to give and to be the church together. And so if we can do these two things, guys, if we can realize that our resources are not our own, and if we can help every individual that we meet to not feel alone and to feel loved and cared for, you know, we will have an unshakable network that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. No matter how bad it gets in these days, we're going to be just fine because Jesus is here and he's moving and he's using us to reach the people for him. So what would it look like for you as an individual? For you, as Sally, as Jim, as Mike, you know, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for me to do this? What would it look like for you to be a family, to, to, for you to be a family to the people you're sitting beside right now? What would that look like? And what would it look like for you to contribute resources to this family? And again, maybe it's not financially, but maybe it's a room, maybe it's a car, maybe it's a house, maybe it's being a mentor. You know, we have no idea what, you know, how God has gifted you or wired you up, 
but every one of us have something to contribute, every person that's in here. And so I want to talk about four different situations you may find yourself in this morning, then we're going to end it. So the first one is this. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I'm all alone. I don't have anybody that knows me. Man, if that's you, I am so sorry. That is not the way it's intended to be. And if that's you, my encouragement is that you would jump in. There's a crash course that just started. You know, there's serving teams. Anytime anything's going on at K2, you jump in. The people that are sitting beside you, ask them where they're going for lunch today. You know, whatever it takes so you can begin to get to know the people. And yes, it's going to be awkward at first. You know, it always is when you, you meet these people and you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to talk about. They think I'm a freak. You know, we all feel that, you know, but that's okay. You're going to get over that hump and it's going to be good. And here's my last thought of this is you is that if you're alone, we, the family, the body, we are the ones missing out by not getting to know you. We truly are. My hope is that we could know you and we could celebrate you and go through this journey together. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I'm not alone. I have my friends. I have my community. I have my faith. I know what my purpose is here on this planet. You know, then my thought for you is this. It is not about you. You know, it's not about you. And is there a way you can bring other people into the family? The other people that just somehow keep showing up on the radar. The person you just can't shake off. You're like, man, that person's everywhere. You know, those people, maybe you're supposed to help bring them into the family. You know, maybe your awareness needs to be raised one level. You know, and then when someone comes into your life, you know, begin to listen. I feel like so many times I'm terrible at this. People are saying, oh, I just lost my job. You know, stuff is bad, and I just am waiting to respond. I know about a job. I know about this and that. And rather than listening and saying, man, I am so sorry you're going through that, let me help you. Here's a way. But really, truly learn to listen and help others to experience this family. Maybe you're here this morning, and you need resources. You're on the brink of a disaster. Then you need to let your needs be known. You need to let somebody in the body say, hey, I'm not making it. I'm barely staying above water. I'm about to drown. Please help me. And man, let's get you the help that you need so that we can be in this together. And man, maybe you can't contribute uh, financially, but is there a way you can give back? Is there somebody you can guide or mentor or write a resume for or something that you can do for this body, for the family together? And maybe you're here this morning and you say, I have resources. I have resources. I'm good. I'm stable. You know, my lunch, I'm satisfied. I'm going to be good. Like the five, you know, five loaves of bread and the two fish. I have one word for you this morning. The word is enough. Okay? Enough toys, enough vacations, enough saving money for just in case, enough little gadgets, enough days at the spa. Maybe during these tumultuous days we could say, all right, I'm going to put my, my wants aside. I'm going to help the person pay their electric bill. I'm going to help the person get on their feet again. Enough. Enough is enough. And that we could have a new mindset. You know, Paul said time and time again, you know, that... He has learned to be content no matter what the circumstance. When he wrote that in Philippians 4, he didn't have jack. He didn't have anything. And maybe during these days you could say, all right, I'm going to be good with what I got for for these next couple of years. I'm just going to help people to get through this time. And I guarantee you that if we can do that as a body, we will not regret it. If it comes down to us having this latest gadget or helping someone to pay their electric bill, you know, or to keep their home, a hundred times is going to be worth, you know, paying that electric bill. That's the right choice to make. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't have any extra finance resources, but I have other resources. You know, I have other abilities. My thought for you is, man, what are you pursuing in life? Is it to be at a comfortable school or the best job or to have a a tidy home? You know, or are we being people, K2, where we're bringing light into darkness? 
where there's this broken world and we're bringing healing to that place. You know, we're doing all we can to make a difference. The little resources that we have, we're, we're being the best stewards ever. And we're putting them in places where they're going to count to the maximum. Reminds me of the story of a guy in Los Angeles, Los Angeles. And so he's walking the streets and he sees this little gal in need. And she's abused and she has tattered clothes on and he can tell she's starving. And he looks up at God and he's like, God, how did you allow this to happen? Why aren't you doing something about this, God? And he's praying and he's crying and he's, you know, he's wrecked inside. And God answers him and he says, I did do something about it. I made you. you know, and so, man, my thought for us, guys, is K2, is that I want every person in this room, every person that calls K2 home, every person that will come through this door this next year to have an unshakable network, an unshakable community. But we've got to realize that our resources are not our own and that we cannot allow people to feel alone. And we can't feel alone we got to do this together. Not just the staff, but every single one of us. Band, you guys can take your places. So guys, God has a dream for this community. You know, my hope is that you would figure out what are my limited resources? What, what can I contribute? What can I do? And that we would give them to an unlimited God and we would just watch out because he's going to work and he's going to move and we better just hold on for the ride. And so may we as K2... May we be different in this valley because we have an unshakable community. May we be different because we have an unshakable network that no matter how bad it gets, we're there to support and love and encourage and help each other out during this tough, tough days. So we love you guys. Man, let's do this together. It's not just one of us, but it's all of us saying, hey, I'll do my part. And so during this next song, you know, maybe ask God, say, hey, what are my limited resources that I can give? You know, and maybe he'll make it clear to you. Maybe it's a bedroom, a car. Who knows what it is? And when he tells you to do it, don't question. Just do it. You know, just move forward with that. You know, and let's be people who do it together. And we're also going to take our offering. Just one more way where we can give back to a way generous God. And again, it's not that we have to give. It's that we get to give. We get to give to a God who pours out to us. And your money, guys, you know, it goes to this building, but it also goes to the food pantry and this acts of service thing that we're going to do. There are amazing things that are being done with every dime that's spent here. So we love you guys. Soak it in these next few songs and ask Jesus, hey, what are my resources that I can give today?